Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily Harvest.com slash IS stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 26 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Amy Garrison. Amy is from Greenville, South Carolina, where she works as a financial advisor. Welcome, Amy. Good morning, Jen. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so excited to talk to another Southern girl. (laughs) Thank you, me as well. (laughs) Listeners all over the world listen to this podcast, and they always talk about my accent. And so today, they'll be hearing yours too. (laughs) That's right. I've got a good one as well. (laughs) Yeah. So I always like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting? Okay. So I, like everybody else, probably who's come to Delay Don't Deny, I have a lifetime history of failed dieting. I started binge eating and dieting right at the same time. It's funny. I think that the 
dieting mindset where we start to restrict ourselves and tell us what we can and cannot have, for me, that triggered the binging piece. So at about age 13, I started getting a lot fluffier. And so I started restricting and and started that cycle. And I managed to diet myself from probably 115 pounds at 13 up to 172 pounds by the time I was in my early 40s. And it was literally gain 20, lose 20, gain 25, lose 20, gain 25, lose 20, all the way through that process. So I, in my attempt to fix it for the you know millionth time, I ran into the keto world and I had always found success doing low carb dieting. So I'm one of those ones that does respond to reducing the carbs overall, and I can get myself into ketosis pretty easily, and I can get the fat to start burning. But I hate the lifestyle, and I don't like the counting and the measuring and the weighing. And there's just part of my personality that won't let me do something loose like that. It has to be, you know, micromanaged down to the gram. And I just, I hate that world. But I tried Atkins and South Beach and stumbled onto the keto world. So this was in February of 2017. So I did keto, started that and lost about nine pounds or so. And then as I was on Audible and Kindle looking for the next diet book, I found Delay Don't Deny and thought, well, that sounds really hopeful. So I'm going to read it too. I think I went back through my Kindle and counted. I have 62 diet books Wow! on my Kindle. And, you know, the electronic world of diet books is only a small part of my dieting history. You know, gone back many, many years before then. So I've read everything I can get my hands on. So I grabbed Delay Don't Deny, read it on a flight from Atlanta to Seattle in April of 2017. And by the time the plane hit the ground, I was fasting and we were on. I love that. You know, I think that the story you tell resonates with so many of us. You know, when you said you dieted your way from 115 at the age of 13 all the way up to the 170s. And and that's really how it happened for me. You know, I kept dieting myself higher and higher. It's the rebound. Yes, exactly. That always gets us up there. And, And it just feels like you do always have to be on the look. Oh, well, did. I'm using past tense now, but like you always had to be on the lookout for that next best thing. I would love to know how many diet books that I've read. That's interesting. You said you have over 60 just on your Kindle. It's frightening and it's kind of upsetting because you think about how much money you've wasted and and how many, you know, that doesn't count the shakes and the food plans and the pills and the magic this and the magic that. I as a financial advisor, can't even begin to get myself to try to figure out how much money I've spent on this process, this problem. Did you do like like me? Did you go to the bookstore and wander around the diet aisle and look for the the latest, greatest new thing that was going to be the magic for you? Absolutely. I would go in there and sit for hours (laughs) and read and read and buy the book. And sometimes I would just flip through the highlights and try to figure out where to start and, and go from there. So My last crazy attempt at dieting was for my wedding four and a half years ago, and I was determined to get back to that perfect wedding weight. So I did the juice cleanse where I lived on five 
16 ounce jars of juice a day for about four months. And so I lost down to 134 pounds when I got married and I had gained 10 of those back by the time I got back from my honeymoon. Wow. Because once I started eating, it was all, it was time to do that again. So exactly. Now, how tall are you? I'm five foot three, just a little bit under up. You know, five foot two to five foot three. That just puts it in perspective, you know, the weight, mm-hmm. the, the size. So like back when you were 115 at the age of 13, that was probably a really good weight for you. But you felt like, got to lose it, got to lose it. Right. And I'll tell you, at 172 pounds, I am very, very bottom heavy. So I was wearing a 16 and 18 pants and, you know, large, extra large shirts. So I had gotten pretty round. I would say that it's all all in perspective because a, a lot of people have gained a lot more than that. But I will tell you that with the binge eating that I was doing, I don't know why I wasn't 300 pounds because I ate enough to make myself get there. I just did more dieting than I did binging. But I, I was I was eating like it was, you know, my job. It really is a vicious cycle. And I think that the restriction, you know, you talked about this early on. You would binge, then you would restrict, then you would binge, then you would restrict. I think that gets us caught up in that vicious cycle where really the binging is our body's response to the over-restriction. And it's it's our body fighting back. And it's it's those those hormone signals that that drive us to do it. Absolutely. If you restrict for so long and you lose that 20 pounds, then your body's saying, okay, now we've got food again. Let's Let's go ahead and work on this while we've got it and and make sure we save up some for the next time we have this starvation period that we weren't expecting. Exactly. And it's just our body trying to protect us. Absolutely. Because it thinks that we're in danger. It's like, oh, gosh, this person's going through some hard stuff. I better just eat and eat while I can. Right. And then the real famine never comes because there's so much food in our environment. And we, we can't say no to the strong drive to eat. And so many of us, did you feel guilty during that period? Because I know that that so many of us do. For as far as gaining weight back? Well, no, as far as like feeling like the binging and feeling like you were out of control and the whole guilt of why can't I control myself? Absolutely. I'll tell you that as a professional, as a, a wife and a stepmom and as a family member and a friend, I feel like my life is you know, it was 99% under control. It was under control and it was exactly the way that I want it to be. And everything is is just about perfect in my world as, as much as I, you know, would hope that it would be with the exception of eating. And with eating, I just, I just couldn't rein it in. I mean, I'm, we're talking, you know, six, eight Pop-Tarts in a sitting, just, just, crazy processed nastiness food. And I would sit and eat them. And when I started on one, I couldn't stop it. So, you know, previous boyfriends or friends, or even my husband would say, just stop, just stop, just don't eat them. And I'm like, if it was that easy, I would just stop, but I couldn't stop. And so this urge to eat and this urge to just kind of squash whatever I was feeling, I wasn't dealing with emotional issues very well. So it was just that urge to stuff my face until I couldn't stuff it anymore. And that's one of the advantages of the fasting is that I can no longer do that, even if I wanted to. If I absolutely quit today and decided that I was going to eat like I've eaten in the past, the appetite correction will not let me do that. I can eat, you know, one or two Pop-Tarts and say, well, that 
really wasn't very satisfying. I think I'll move on from that, but I can't physically do that anymore. And that's just one of the many advantages to this whole thing. I think that's, that's an amazing change because your body has corrected itself to the point that you're getting good signals and and your body's like, yeah, I don't need any more of that. Whereas before you just weren't getting them. And so it's, it wasn't that you were weak and, and the people who haven't experienced this, they really don't get it. Right. It's a very strong drive. And it's really hard to fight against those biological urges. Like we see with, you know, pregnant women who start eating, you know, chalk or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's weird. <laughs> Nobody's like, I'm going to eat chalk. It's delicious. It's And they can't stop because their body is looking for that nutrient or looking for something. And so when we understand it that way, we can disconnect from the guilt and realize that, you know, that it's not our fault, even though it absolutely. certainly feels like it at the time. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. So next month will be two years for me doing this, which seems like it seems like it's gone by in a blink. And I know that the day I joined the Delay Don't Deny website, that was the day you said, congratulations, so-and-so is our 3,000th member. And I, I will remember that because I was hoping that I was going to be the 3,000th member when I joined. <laughs> so, and so it, <laughs> yeah. I've been in the in the website or in the Facebook group for a long time now. And, and I've learned so much from the members and the interaction and from you. And, you know, the book was an awesome starting point and it got me pointed in the right direction and gave me the basics information. And I did go through and then read the obesity code and then the diabetes code and, and appetite correction. And I read the books that you suggested that we read in delay, don't deny. And so I got that good basic foundation, but I'll tell you that, that the two kickers, the things that made the biggest difference for me came from people in the Facebook group. They were just comments that somebody put out there that set me off to finally figure out how it was going to work for me. Well, I am so interested to hear what those two comments are, but I want to add one more thing before you tell them. This will actually air in April, so you will be right at your two-year anniversary when this comes out, which is awesome. So April 17th will be my two-year anniversary. And this comes out on April 25th, so you will have just hit it. We're recording this in in March. Today, we're about to hit our 78,000th member later today. So I know we're growing growing exponentially more quickly, but... (laughs) I can see that. It's amazing. I love it. It is amazing growth. And I love it too, because the word is getting out. So I am so interested. What were those two comments that really hit home with you? Okay. So, so let me back up and tell you a little bit about kind of my process through, through the fasting to get to where I, because I know that you watched me through the fast, you know, I kind of struggled for a bit. So I started out with the fasting, started out at 16.8 or 18.6, somewhere in there, and just kind of got my fasting feet under me. And I lost maybe seven or eight pounds within the first couple of months from that, you know, and it was relatively quickly. And I I said, this is going to be it. This is awesome. And to give you the other benefits, I started seeing metabolic benefits very quickly. My A1C went down, my blood pressure went down from 140s over 120 to 115 over 80. My blood sugar went down and I was borderline diabetic. And so it it went down a good bit, you know, from that 100, 105 range down to 80 or so. My resting heart rate went from 
in the 100s, my resting heart rate would be about 105. It's now 60s. And and the doctor can't even tell me why that happened. Wow. They said that's just unreal. And so, so, you know, I started seeing physical changes very quickly, but the weight just kind of stopped at that seven pound mark and then just wouldn't move. So being the overachiever that I am, I pushed harder and harder and harder. So if I was doing an 16 hour fast, I needed to do an 18 hour fast. And then I did a 20 hour fast. And then I did 22 hour fast and 23 hour fast. And I got down to where I was eating in 15 minutes a day. And I was eating one plate of food and just mowing through as much food as I could get through in that amount of time and still not losing weight. And I was thinking, what's the answer here? I don't know what the answer is. So I started micromanaging the details. Is it my toothpaste? Is it my stress level? Is it caffeine intake? Is it, you know, what are the things that can possibly be holding me back? Because I'm doing the clean fast and I'm fasting a long time every day. So how is this not working? Well, Will Bertram, she is a rock star. And (laughs) so she just, every once in a while when people would say, I'm not, I'm not making progress. I don't know what's working for me. And I don't know why this isn't working for me. She throws out the same comment. She says, I do OMAD with low calories sometimes a week. And I do two mad with no restrictions the other days of the week. And it works for me. And she's just very consistent. You know, this is what I do and it works for me. And I thought, I just got to a, a point where I literally spent one year's time So from about July of 2017 to July of 2018, I spent one year gaining and losing the same 10 pounds, just enforcing my way through the system, trying to cut carbs, cut alcohol, cut sugar, you know, whatever I could do to make it work, troubleshooting and not really finding the answer. And so I thought, well, I've tried absolutely everything else. Let me just try what what Will's doing. And I had read about alternate day fasting and I'd read about five, two and four, three, where you, you know, eat 500 calories a couple days a week and then eat normally during the other days of the week. And so I just decided to try it just like she did. So I decided a couple of days a week, two days a week, I would have an OMAD with restricted calories. So I made that a 500 calorie day. Love it. And then the other days of the week, I ate two meals over about eight hours and I just didn't snack in between those times. And Jen, the weight just fell off 16 pounds in just two months. It just fell off. And, and so I was stunned. I mean, I I watched the weight chart and it just dove and I didn't change anything else. And so my theory there is that I was putting so much pressure on myself and so much stress on my body that my body was interpreting the smaller and smaller eating windows as more and more famine. That's my only way that I can figure that out. And so I figured if I relaxed and stopped micromanaging the details and stopped worrying about, you know, the construction of the meal and everything, if I just ate the 500 calories and then just ate a little more than that on the the other days and just trust it, then I would see how that works. So I decided to commit to four weeks of that kind of process. And clearly, by the time I got to the four week mark, I knew that was working really, really well. So one more time, tell them exactly the process, how many days, what exactly did you do day to day? So during that time, the first thing I did was I decided that I would do 5-2, which is two days a week. I ate 
500 calories. And so I would typically do that Monday and Wednesday. So Monday night, I would fast about 22, 23 hours. I would eat 500 calories. The next day, I would eat lunch and dinner. And then on the next day, Wednesday, I would eat 500 calories. And the next day, I would eat lunch and dinner. And then for the rest of the week, I would do a mix of either two meals or an OMAD with not restricting calories at all. And then I would start over again on Monday. And the first week, I lost two pounds. And the second week, I lost two pounds. And the third week, I lost two pounds. And it just, every week, it was just, you know, all of a sudden, weight I couldn't get to shift for any reason started going down. And so then I decided I would add a third 500 calorie day in there and make it four or three just to kind of speed up the process because I'm thinking at that point, I've only got about 20 pounds left to lose. If I can go ahead and just get this weight off, then I can maybe go back to OMAD. And I had decided that clearly OMAD was a great maintenance strategy for me. It works just fine for me to maintain my weight. So I thought at that point that I would use the alternate day fasting or four, three or five, two to get the weight off. And then I would be able to maintain with OMAD or just a slightly looser window. You added the third down day and what happened? So when I added the third down day, the weight loss accelerated a little bit more. And so I went from maybe 155 at that point down to, I hit all the way to 139, just bam, just, just fell Wow. And so I hit 139 and then the holidays came and I decided just to relax through the holidays. I have a problem with the dieting through the wintertime piece. I tend to get, I don't know, just not very motivated to lose weight during the wintertime. So I thought I'm down here at 142. That's where I was kind of staying. I hit 139 a couple of times, but about 140, 142 is where I was staying And I said, if I can go through this winter and maintain that loss, that's a 30-pound overall loss, can I get through Thanksgiving and Christmas and the wintertime blues and not gain weight? And that's really where I am right now. And that's where the second participant inspired me, and that's Barbara Mudd. I love her. I love her too. But she she said, you know, I've lost these 75, 80 pounds. I'm just kind of hanging tight here and hanging for the moment. And I still have more weight I want to lose, but I'm not in a hurry to do it. And so I, I took that as a, I wanted to thank my body for what it's already released. Can I say something real quick? Ma'am. There's hammering going on in the background. I'm just <laughs> going to throw this out there. Listeners, some construction's going on in her building. So please ignore any ambient sounds like hammering. Very sorry <laughs> <laughs> No, don't be sorry. But I wanted the listeners to know what's happening. It's not a big deal. We're just going to talk right through it because you're giving some great advice. So mm-hmm. back to Barbara Mudd, what she said about your body. So she was saying, you know, you know, I've already lost this weight and I still have more I want to lose, but I'm just going to kind of pause for a minute and just maintain what I've already done and, and just kind of sit with it for a little bit and then, and then push forward and go again and try to lose more weight. And I I thought about that for a long time. And I thought I have lost down to 142 pounds, 15 times. I guarantee it. You know, I've lost down to the 142. I, that is the point where I can get into a size eight jeans. I've hit it. I've hit it. I've hit it. I've hit it. And I can never stay ever. And so I don't think that I have stayed at 142 pounds more than maybe four or five weeks 
ever. And so I thought if I can get through Thanksgiving, Christmas, wintertime, and just stay right here and not make my body feel like we need to keep losing and keep keep going through that stress of losing because our bodies don't know that as we're trying to get into smaller genes, that losing weight part to the body is stressful. That's losing the stores that it has built up. And so it's, it's a, a stressful thing. So I decided I would just try to go from late October until springtime and just kind of maintain. And I have done that with a mix of one meal a day. And, you know, sometimes that's a four or five hour OMAD. Sometimes it's a eat in one hour and I'm done. And I've thrown in some 500 calorie days. And when I throw in a 500 calorie day, I have a good solid up day after that. I've basically just thrown the schedule out the window entirely. And I have enjoyed it. It has been lovely to just say today, I feel like 500 calories and going to bed. Tomorrow, I feel like eating breakfast with my daughter. And so I've just done how I think life is supposed to be when you maintain your weight and you're not fighting against the process. That is huge. You don't feel like you're fighting. I mean, that's big. I don't feel like I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm tracking my windows every day just because I like to still know what the windows are, but I, I'm not letting the window dictate my eating. I'm letting my appetite dictate my eating. And, and I find that freeing and amazing and wonderful. And for the first time in my whole life, you know, I've known from the beginning that this was the solution from day one, but to be able to do that and know that I'm not going backwards or messing myself up, it's just wonderful. In that time, I keep bouncing around in about the same six pounds. So I'm calling this maintenance practice. I'm practicing maintenance. I'm trying to stay at 142. Well, I'll get back down to 139 and then I'll go back up to 146 and then I'll go back down to 142. But as I'm doing that, I'm looking at my eating for the week prior and saying, okay, well, all of that pizza and all of that, whatever I ate was, was probably contributing to those couple of pounds. And that's that's okay. And then I'll just tighten it up a little bit and, and those couple of pounds come off and it's great. I think the key is that this is the first time in your life you haven't rebounded. And that's that's how it felt magical for me as well. You know, you said this is maintenance practice. So it sounds like you're probably going to go back as, as spring hits. You're going to go back and try to get some more pounds off with your 4-3 plan that you were doing before. Exactly. So, you know, in the next few weeks, maybe maybe April when it starts to get a little warmer and I can get outside and move around a little bit more. We're, we're getting close to that time now. My plan is to go back to 4.3. I am right at that 142 and I want to lose about 10 more pounds. So I have no interest in being the 115 that I thought was fat when I was 13 years old. <laughs> so <laughs> I think about, about 130 to 135 is perfect for me. Interestingly enough, when you go to the muscle building the recomposition of the body, the things that that I didn't really understand years ago that I now know are so tied to fasting. I'm in a four genes. And I, I, you know, I thought it was a fluke that I put on a pair of four genes and they, they are clearly stretchy genes and we're clearly in vanity sizing and, you know, 
the world has gone crazy because I'm not a four. And like I told you before, the 10 other times I've been to 142, that's right when I can get my size eight jeans to button. Right. <laughs> so with every other diet plan, a size eight is a 142. Well, right now I'm at 142 and I'm in a size four. Well, I went shopping the other day for a wedding dress and I tried on five size four dresses and every one of them did. Awesome. What a great feeling. It is wonderful. And I don't know how that happened. I mean, I don't understand it. So I'm clearly smaller now than I've ever been at this size. And so maybe 130 is the number. I don't really care anymore what this number is, but I do know that there's there's just a little bit more fluff that my body can release that I will let it go with no problem. And I'll land wherever wherever I land. That's key. You know, I've talked about a bazillion times all over the place about why I threw my scale away, but it was the same thing. You know, when I was maintaining my weight back in the um, the early 2000s, like the 2000 to 2004, 2005 period, I was taking diet pills to do so, prescription diet pills that I got from the doctors that made it okay. And I was maintaining my weight in the upper 120s. And at that time, I was wearing a size four and a size six. And so now with vanity sizing, I'm wearing smaller sizes, but at the higher weight than I, I don't know my weight right now exactly, but the last time I weighed, it was 130, which is higher than when I was wearing those size four and size six clothes. I still have a few of them. I saved some of my favorite dresses and I saved my my jeans that totally look like mom jeans now <laughs> that I wore back then. <laughs> but, you know, they're loose on me. And and I, right. I wouldn't be surprised if I got on the scale, even though I'm smaller. I wouldn't be surprised if it still said 130 right now, maybe 132. Right. I have no idea. I've clearly built muscle over time, but I'm smaller than I was when I was weighing the upper 120s because of the clothes I saved. The The other part of this is that this is the lifestyle plan. You won't call it a diet plan, but this is the one that allows you to finally start focusing on the health part of it. Right. I am excited to build muscle. We have a pool and I'm thinking this summer, I can't wait to get in and to swim and to walk and to do yoga and walk the dog. Those are things that I want to do to tighten up and lean up and build muscle. So I care less and less about the scale. And it's kind of, to me, coming to the point of the honesty pants stage. I don't know that I will give up the scale. I will watch it, but I don't, I don't care if it goes to 145, if I can still wear the size four pants. And so if I keep those pants and say, as long as I can get in these and button them and know that they're okay, then I know I'm at a size that I can stay at or lower and, and be fine. And I want to strengthen my heart and strengthen my lungs and, and build muscle in my body. But I'm no longer obsessed and and worried about the fact that if I get to 130 and I gain to 140 and it's all muscle, I don't, I, I think that's a, a wonderful benefit. Right. Because as we age, you know, health and longevity are, are are tied to being in good physical health and being strong. We don't want to get weaker and weaker and lose our muscle mass as we get older. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I want to be stronger. And, you know, I'm 41 and I want to go stronger. And I'm very thankful that I found this before menopause hit because I I understand with the struggles of weight gain and hormone changes in menopause that, that I'm at a strong advantage to have figured this out 
before then. And I'm excited to have done that. I agree. Definitely. I, I feel blessed every day because I'm right in the middle of it. You know, I'm hitting 50 <laughs> this year. So <laughs> I've been in perimenopause and, and going through those hormonal changes and, and not gaining weight. I'm no longer drop weight like I had been. And that could be because I'm just really right, right where my body wants to be. Or it could be that maybe I'm taking a pause because of the hormonal things going on in my body. Maybe I would have been quickly gaining weight if it wasn't for intermittent fasting. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind. And I'm grateful every single day, just like you said, to have found it. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I want to go back to something you said a little while ago that I wrote down because it resonated with me. You said you knew from day one this was the solution. Even when you were struggling, even when you were were trying and, and you couldn't make it work, in your heart, you believed the solution was there somewhere, which I think is also how I felt. You know, I first found intermittent fasting in 2009. And it was really unknown, and there wasn't much out there. And from 2009 to 2014, I would dabble in it here and there, and I couldn't make it work. I was looking for that quick weight loss, and there weren't support groups, and it just, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. But still, just like you said, in my heart, I knew it was my solution, even though it didn't work all those times, even though I couldn't make it fit, you know, what I thought it should be, I didn't give up. And, and so the same can be said for you. Absolutely. When I read about it, for one, the science just made sense. It was just, I would read other diet plans and say, okay, let's cut out all carbs. Let's cut out entire food groups and, you know, no fat, no carbs, no animal meat whatsoever. 
And the logical part of me said, gosh, we've been living on these things for millions of years. Why is it now that we have to cut them out in order to be healthy? That, that part never made sense to me at all. But then you would see some results and it goes back to the first, I think, line of your book that says all diets work and all diets fail. You know, they do work when you work them, but they're not sustainable. So they fail in the long term. Right. So when I read your book and then I immediately read the obesity code and for the first time started thinking about weight loss and health in the terms of hormones rather than than calories in, calories out, it just clicked. It just made so much sense. And so I said, I'm going to do this for at least a year. I don't care what the results are. I think if I gained 20 pounds, I would still have done it for a year just because the science part of it made sense. And I could look at my metabolic profile and say, I know that I'm insulin resistant. I know that I have force fed my body so much processed food and so much sugar and so much crap for so long that it's reeling just trying to survive me and what I'm doing to it. So what if I become my body's friend and work with it instead of against it? And so it just literally, like I said, by the time that plane landed in Seattle, I was like, well, that's it. This is what I'm going to do now. So I downloaded the Windows app and started tracking my fasting. And I said, if I only fast 12 hours a day, I'm going to do it every single day and I'm not going to give up on it. And so there were some ugly days with really bad windows and then things slowly got better. I was already in ketosis because of the keto I had done for six weeks prior. So the adjustment was nothing. I was already burning fat. And so just to skip meals and to extend that window out was not painful for me at all. And so it just felt good. And so once I thought this makes sense and it feels good, there's just no turning back from it. And then I've gotten the advantage of hearing your story. You know, you said something the other day on Facebook about the fear of missing out. I still struggle with that. When I do, quote, go off the rails a little bit, it's not that I'm not fasting clean and not following the the law of fasting. I'm still fasting every single day. It's just some days my windows are atrocious because I decided that if the kids are eating pizza rolls, I need to eat pizza rolls. I don't really want to eat pizza rolls. And I, you know, we can talk about how my tastes have changed too, because it's, that's not something I'm interested in eating anymore, but I still have those moments where I put them in my mouth and eat them because everybody else is doing it. So I'm still working on myself and the peer pressure model and, and deciding for myself what's worthy to go into my mouth and what's not. I'm still working on that. But when you identified it as fear of missing out, that again goes back to the diet mentality. I was I told myself for so long, I cannot have cake, that when you put cake in front of me, by God, I'm going to eat it, whether it tastes good or not. And so now I'm getting to the point where I can look at it and say, well, I can eat the cake but I don't really want the cake or it's, it's going to ruin my dinner later, or it's not going to be nearly as good as that piece of dark chocolate I have right there. So I'm slowly getting to that point. But two years in, I was so messed up mentally that the physical fasting was just a no brainer. I got on board and I've been on board ever since I've been mentally healing for the past two years. 
I would say I'm 85% there. And I love that. I'm never going back, but I'm, it's not perfect yet. But I have no intention of ever stopping. And because this isn't a diet that I'm on, that I'm going to go off of, I know that every day I do it, I just keep healing even more. This just really just hit me very emotionally because I, there's so much wisdom tied into what you just said, that last little bit, because we do have so much mental healing to still occur. Earlier today, just for example, I was on the Facebook group and someone who's new had just posted something like, help, I'm having so much trouble. I started two weeks ago and I'm up two pounds today and this isn't working, you know, and we have so much of that mental anguish, you know, like this is not what we've done before though. And the way that you approached it with the idea that you were going to give it a year and you were going to let your body heal and you were going to learn to trust yourself again. That is just what I want to download into everybody's brain. If I could just pour it in there, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would love to do that because people are panicked every day, you know, because it's not working as quickly as they think it should. It's not, you know, giving them fast results. They're not seeing your clothing change. They've been on it for three weeks and they're still wearing the same pants and trying to, to really teach people, okay, this is forever. This is going to be your solution. This is the solution. You have found it. Now, just staying with it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I I want all these people to listen to your story because you are just the perfect example of it wasn't giving you the way, other than that quick weight loss that you had at the beginning and then it stopped. You were like, all right, there's going to be a plan that works. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find it. I was just not going to give up on finding it. And that's exactly just tweak it, tweak it, tweak it, tweak it, tweak it. And so, you know, I, I agree with that a thousand percent. It's just, I kept going back to what's the alternative. The alternative is I go back on keto and start counting macros. I don't want to go on keto and count macros and I don't want to eliminate something else and do a whole 30. And I don't, I don't, want to do those things ever again. I just want to learn to listen to my body and have my body trust me and me trust it and us work together. And so I I now see dieting as as anti-trusting my body. Yeah. And I also think that the longer we were caught up in that spiral of the diet rabbit hole, the harder it can be. It, It can take like that much time to come out of it too. It's the whole teaching your body to trust you again, teaching your mind that that you can trust yourself, you know, letting go of those fears and realizing, you know, this is a lifestyle. You have the rest of your life to figure it out and get it right. And, you know, you found what worked for you when you started experimenting with 5-2 and 4-3 and the alternate day fasting strategies. And those strategies really intimidate a lot of people, especially new fasters. And I can remember probably around 2017. The book had been out for several months. And in the Delay Don't Deny group, someone would start, like like Will, for example, Will Bertram might throw out a comment about 5-2 or 4-3 or up day, down day. And people would be like, that's not the type of fasting we do here. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's in the book. (laughs) (laughs) We do, you know, wait a minute. There's a whole chapter (laughs) about that. And so it's almost like people, you know, the daily eating window approach feels like such a good lifestyle. 
you know, we like it. it it's an easy rhythm to get into, mm-hmm. but not everyone loses weight on that type of intermittent fasting approach. I think ultimately for me, it went down to insulin resistance. I had to have that shake loose period to actually make the weight start to shake loose. So I could fast for 24, 26, 27 hours a day, eat a really, you know, carb heavy full meal and then start the process over the next day. But I wasn't quite getting over that hump. Right. When I tried the five, two and the four, three, I did make my down days low carb. And so I I would eat a whole red pepper with goat cheese and some taco meat. And that would be my 500 calories. And so it was filling to me and it was satisfying and I could eat, you know, maybe some macadamia nuts, but I would get to the next day. I would wake up the next morning, feel like I had eaten a full meal the night before and fasting the next day was just as easy until I decided to break my fast. But I think giving my body those extra 12 hours of not having a big insulin spike, I would have a small one for the low carb meal that I ate, but it was back to burning fat and fasting really quickly after that, giving myself those 36 and 40 hours of almost no insulin spikes at all. That's what kicked it over the edge for me. And now that I know that, it's just a tool in my toolbox. Let me let me give you a funny, right. funny fact. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cashback events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. My husband doesn't even know the word fasting. He doesn't know I fast. He doesn't (laughs) know about this group. He doesn't know about this podcast and doesn't care to (laughs) because he is a very simple guy and this is way too complicated for him. And so I've managed to do this for two years around him without him having any idea what, what what's going on. And the reason I say that is because I, I don't fit to any kind of schedule. So even from the very beginning, when I read on the Facebook pages where people say, you know, it's 34 minutes until my window opens, I've never followed that at all. I've just said, I'm going to fast as much as I possibly can in a day's time. And I'm going to eat when it's time to eat. And then I'm going to start again and fast from that point forward. So 
I could do the 4-3 and the 5-2 with zero calorie down days. And I'm sure that that would probably speed things up a little bit more if I did that. But I eat with my husband every night. And so I'm able to work that 4-3 and the 5-2 and, and beating the insulin resistance into the equation without it being a big deal. Does that make sense? It does. And I want to I wanna say something there. We do think that, you know, maybe having the zero calorie down days might be, quote, better. But and so some people are like, oh, well, if you're having the 500 calorie meal, you're not really doing it. But I, I want us to lose that idea, too, because if it helps you to do the 500 calorie down days, like the way that you're doing it, then don't feel like it would. Um, this is not advice for you because you're clearly doing something that works. It's for everybody else who's like, you know, I feel like I'm failing if I have the 500 calorie meal. Wipe that thought out of your mind. And I love the way that you're doing it, Amy. You understand hormonally that having the lower carb meal on the down day is probably going to be helpful in correcting your insulin resistance. So that's what you're doing. And so I'm correct in understanding you're not eating low carb on the other days, right? Correct. So what I have found over the two years, what what works for me, this is lots of experimenting and, and has gotten me there. I do better with lowish carb, so lower sugars, lower processed grains, high fat, high high fat dairy, lower meat. So I've come to the same place that you have where at two or three ounces of meat, I'm done. I don't want another bite of it. I'm just not interested in chewing it or swallowing it anymore. So minimal fruit. So I basically focus on high fat, high fat dairy, veggies, starches, and a little bit of meat. And I I really focus more on seafood and scallops and shrimp and fish over meat parts. And I know you're not a very big fish fan, but those are (laughs) are the things that I prefer and those are the things that I crave. And I'll tell you that alcohol is all but gone out of my life. For whatever reason, I'm not interested in it in any way. So I might drink one alcoholic drink now every couple of months. And even when I drink it, I turn around and say, well, that was really non-eventful. I don't know why I even had that. So alcohol doesn't appeal to me at all. The sugars, I could go off the deep end with the sugars anytime still. And so I try to limit that to dark chocolate, like 85% dark chocolate is my preferred dessert because I like to close my meal with something sweet. And so even on my 500 calories days, I, I pop off a piece of dark chocolate and those are the last couple of bites that I have. You know, but if I go and eat cake now, it's just not as satisfying as that dark chocolate is. So, so I probably eat a hundred carbs a day. I'm not counting, but if I was guessing, but that's mostly starches and veggies and not so much white bread and tortillas and corn chips and things like that. Yeah. I, I think it's just so important. You've gravitated to a way of eating that feels great and satisfies you. And that is the key. When you finish eating for the day and you feel like it was delicious and it satisfied you and you've had enough and you're ready to stop, that's when you know it's it's not restrictive. It's a, a lifestyle that works forever. Absolutely. Back to the cake. Yeah. I was just on the Delay Don't Deny cruise, and they had the most beautiful cake display one day. We were sitting eating lunch, and someone was eating a piece of the cake. And I had walked by it you know, on the way, and I was like, that cake is gorgeous, but I bet it's not very good. 
<laughs> so I didn't get any, but I, I told myself I could if I wanted to, of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've been let down by subpar cakes so <laughs> many times. And so the person sitting near me was eating it. And she's like, yeah, it was so pretty, but it wasn't very good. And she stopped eating it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. That right there is the freedom that you finally do get to when it finally all clicks. Yeah. And another night, I had a delicious piece of cheesecake at the steakhouse on the ship, and it was phenomenal. And I ate past appetite correction on that one because it was <laughs> worth it. <laughs> cheesecake is one of my favorite and dark it was chocolate. delicious. <laughs> so it, it does sound like your tastes have changed a lot over time and that you're you're not going to sit down and you said eat those six Pop-Tarts. Your body wouldn't let you do it. Right. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll tell you that, and this leads to one of the two things that you, you typically ask at the end of your sessions is what is the best advice that you have to give to participants? And I'll tell you that this is one of them. And so my very, very best advice, if I could go back and start myself over two years ago, is to plan out what I'm going to eat for the day before I eat it. Because if I plan a meal and I say I'm going to make shrimp and scallops and I'm going to have Brussels sprouts and a potato and dark chocolate. When I eat those things, I feel amazing. I feel satisfied and full and very happy and very content. And I am thrilled to start fasting and continue on till the next day. There are many, many days where I don't plan out what I'm going to eat at all. And I come in the house and I eat hummus and I eat potato chips and I eat dip and then I might eat some cookies and I just start grazing through the cabinets. And when I graze through the cabinets, it is always boxed, canned, bagged food. It is never, you know, it's never protein and, and fresh food and it's never, you know, rarely a vegetable in sight. And I can eat in 30 or 40 minutes basically to appetite correction where I am now full and so unhappy and so unsatisfied because I've just loaded my body up with dead food that doesn't do anything for me at all. And I'm full and now there's not room for the good food that I could have eaten. And I'm fasting again to the next day, but it wasn't worth it. The good food would have satisfied your body. The good food would have satisfied me. That's a hundred percent. The distinction is when I plan something out, Even if it's hamburgers and french fries, if I plan out a meal and eat that meal, I feel satisfied, happy, and and happy to fast on. If I graze out of a bag and just munch because I don't have a plan, I am unhappy with it every single time. Every time. Yeah, I'm I'm exactly the same way. I'm like wandering around the kitchen, putting random things into mm-hmm. my mouth and opening the fridge. What's in here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally get it. This is one reason why I love Plated and the other meal companies so very much. So I did try those. So another thing about my husband who doesn't know about the fasting, he fasts intuitively. He eats one meal a day, has done that since I've known him. So from, from day one, he's like, I don't eat breakfast, lunch. You know, I don't snack. I eat one time a day and that's it. And he'll eat two or 3,000 calories in a two-hour span from 8 o'clock till 10 o'clock at night. And then he goes to bed and then he doesn't eat again until the next day. He doesn't clean fast. And if I ever do mention this to him, we'll we'll discuss the fact that his diet Mountain Dew in the morning does not make him fast. But he, <laughs> not helping he and him. I don't discuss these things and if... If he ever wants to ask about it, then then I'll tell him about the clean fast. But 
we tried those services and and for us, I mean, I loved the meals and I loved the variety and I loved being able to say, you know, this is what we're going to have for dinner tonight and it's all prepared for us and there's no waste. But he was starving to death. So what? Uh, not enough food for him. Not nearly enough. You know, I didn't want to order four meals for the two of us, you know, because that's a more expensive and it wasn't nearly enough food for him. So I would just order the two meals for us and then I would end up cooking him an entirely separate meal. And I thought, well, this is a waste. Right. Now I'm cooking two times. Yeah. And then every other week we have three children. And so it just for right now in our stage of life, it didn't it just didn't work. But I think that over time, as we get the kids out of the house and a little more stability in our part of the world, that we can reintroduce that because he loved the meals too. He's like, these are great. I'm still hungry. And that's what I would do every time. Right. Sometimes my husband says the same thing. He eats two meals a day. My husband does. He lunch and dinner. But like, for example, one of the plated meals we're having this week is a salad and this like fried pork kind of a thing. And it's going to be delicious, but there's no starch. So I'm going to throw on some rice. Otherwise, right. my husband will complain. <laughs> He's like, I'm still hungry, even with the, the rolls that I bake from scratch every day. But yeah, I think we can, we can get back there to it. I definitely see that as part of our world in the future, just a little bit further down the road. Yeah, I just really love them. And I, I think it's helped me to have that plan, just like you said, because otherwise it's like I'm lost. Like I have no idea what food exists in the world. But I mean, obviously, clearly that's not true. But unless I have the structure of these, <laughs> like plated, I mean, I've been using plated since 2016 and like for real <laughs> and other companies too, just because it just helps me so much to know what I'm going to eat. So. Right. Well, I, that, that part about me figuring out that I need to know what the meal plan is, that's really recent in the last couple of months. I had tried Home Chef, you know, probably six months ago or so. It has me thinking more in that direction again. But again, I have to figure out the, the sustenance part for him and right. how, to, how to make that work. But yeah, that's important. Huge. Now, he's just always naturally eaten that way. That is so interesting to me. Yes, from day one. And his mother does the same thing. She's, she eats lunch every day and that's it. And has he ever struggled with his weight or his mother? Have they ever? He, no, they, they basically stay, stay really in good shape. He's, he's got about a 20 pound range where he'll go up some and, and down some, but he'll tell you that's beer, that's beer, not food. And so he's like, if I start out <laughs> drinking, then, then the weight falls off. If I have too many beers, then the weight starts to creep up and he can literally dial it up and down with that. That's fabulous. And I love every time I hear that this is how someone naturally ate. Mm -hmm. Because it just, you know, those of us that got in our own way with trying to follow society's conventions of how we were, quote, supposed mm -hmm. to eat, and then we got all screwed up. And then people like your husband and his mother who are like, no, we just eat once a day. It's They're what like, we do. We work all day and, and we don't want to be slowed down by the food. He's one of those that when he eats, he gets sleepy. So he's like, I never eat yeah. till I'm done with my day. And when I do eat, I'm done. And he goes to bed and he goes to sleep. So, and it, I, and I, when I first met him and started dating him, I was like, you have got to eat breakfast. You've got to eat lunch. This is terrible. You're going to die from this. And I did my <laughs> very best to ruin him. And he resisted me the whole way. And, and Good yeah. man. <laughs> so, so what does he think you've been doing to lose the weight? I'm so interested. I don't know. I don't think he thinks through that at all. He just, uh, he, he's one of those that he's like, I, I love you. He loved me at 172. He loves me now. He doesn't really comment or notice my weight. And so, 
you know, he says you look good, but he doesn't, he doesn't ask. And, and he did say something one time and I, and I said something, I finally figured out how to solve the problem. And he said, well, that's good. And then moved on. (laughs) I kind of said, I I finally found the answer for me. And he's like, well, that's good. (laughs) And we know he wouldn't think it was bad because he does it himself. (laughs) That's right. That's perfect. He just doesn't want to discuss it. He doesn't want to talk about it. I think that's, that's perfect. So you've already shared the advice you wish you had when you started off. We are really about out of time. Is there anything else you would like to share? You know, some advice for someone just starting out. There is one other thing, and I have thought about writing a post on this, and I haven't, and I'm just going to share it here. I think that it's really important. I don't know, this clicked with me, and it's really pushed me along in this process. I think that it's really important that we learn to thank our body and honor our body for doing both of its jobs. And so its job is to either put on weight for us when, when food is plentiful so that it can help protect us and move us forward as a species. Or its job is to access that fat stores and burn that fat as we have famine, right? Right. Well, as dieters, we have learned to hate our body for putting on weight, and we've punished it to try to make it lose weight. And it's been a very dysfunctional relationship. What I have figured out is that I think my body for being hormonally in balance and being able to release weight when we show that we've got enough resources and, and, and maybe it's time of famine and it can release the weight that it's stored. But I've also learned to thank my body for putting on the weight when I go overboard. And so when I have a really loose week and I gain three or four pounds, I'm no longer mad at my body and saying, what are you doing? You know, why are you rebelling against me? I'm saying to it, thank you very much for doing what you're supposed to do to protect me and protect us. And so that thankfulness and that feeling of gratitude for my body helps me stay in tune with, yep, I gave you more calories and you did exactly what you should have done with it. Now I'm going to pull the back on that and you can release it and feel free to do that. So I feel like I'm finally in sync and in harmony with my body. That is absolutely beautiful. And on that note, we are out of time. I hope everyone just really listens to that last little bit and rewind it, listen to it again, because that is really, really beautiful advice. And Amy, on that note, I'll just say thank you so much for sharing your story. And I think a lot of people are going to get a ton out of the story. Thank you, Jen. It has been a pleasure to do this. I really, really appreciate you having me on. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. 
Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. 